Psalm chapter 23. I'm going to, the Lord willing, for the next, I don't know how many Wednesdays, but potentially several Wednesdays, I'm going to be preaching out of the 23rd Psalm. And this isn't a surprising series title, but I just want to spend some services on Wednesday considering the Good Shepherd. And just, I, it's a constant, it's a constant battle every day to not be overwhelmed by the heaviness. It's a battle. For me, it's a battle. And I'm just, I'm just talking about nationally. And then I, and then I am aware of some and not aware of all that there is individual heaviness in addition to the national heaviness. And, uh, just as, as your pastor, I feel like it would be good for all of us, for me included, to have some Wednesday nights where we just take a glimpse and be reminded of the shepherd of our souls. And be reminded of the depth of his care for us. Please get this. In this life. I'll, I'll probably mention this again at some point. Many people, the only time you hear the 23rd Psalm referenced is uh, at the time of a funeral or, or some very difficult experience like that. And, and I'm not saying it's not appropriate, uh, but this Psalm isn't about death. Amen. It is about God taking care of his people from here to there. It's a psalm that was written by an earthly shepherd to help us understand the amazing care of the eternal perfect shepherd over his people. And in, in times like this, it would be easy for us to lose our view of the shepherd. And so tonight, as we talk about the good shepherd, I want to I want to deal with this thought. This is the title, The Shepherd's View. The Shepherd's View. Psalm 23, verse number 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff They comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Good Shepherd, message number one, the shepherd's view. I'll pray, and then you may be seated. Father, 
I, I feel this daily heaviness. And Lord, I, I think about my life in many ways and it's so good and I'm so blessed and yet there's just this weight. And then when I think about the weight that some many of your people are under individually, God, I believe that for all of us, there is a danger that we could lose sight of who our shepherd is. And in times of chaos and fear and pain, whether it's something that is nationally known or something that is privately suffered through, Father, we need to keep our eyes, we need to keep our hearts focused upon the one who shepherds us. And so tonight, God, as we just begin to introduce some things, I pray that you would help this, Lord. I want it to be accurate. I want it to be pleasing to you. And I want it to be helpful to your people. And so, God, I pray that you would help it to be all of those things for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. As parents... We shouldn't, and most of you aren't, but we shouldn't only be concerned with how our children view us. We should also be concerned that they eventually understand why we view them and how we view them. In other words, we want them to have a particular view, not just of us, but a particular view of our view of them. You say, I don't really know that that makes sense. Well, let me try to explain a little better. Number one, your kids have a view of you as a dad or a mom, what they think about you, what they perceive of you. So my kids perceive of me. He's a man. He's my dad. They perceive of Andrea. She's a woman. She's my mom. They can perceive playfulness. They can perceive seriousness. They definitely perceive the authority aspect, <laughs> sometimes not always like they need to, <laughs> but they perceive it. They can perceive when we're happy with them. They can perceive when we are unhappy with them. They, they can perceive us, but I, I, don't, I don't want them just to be able to perceive certain things about me as a dad or Andrea as a, mo- as a mom I, I want them to have perceptions about, about how I view them and why I view them that way. And, and here's what I mean by that from a child's perspective. Sometimes a child can begin to think that their parent doesn't understand what they're going through. You, you see, they have this perception of a, of a parent, but they don't understand what their parent is thinking or why their parent is handling a situation a certain way. They don't see the situation from their parent's view. Sometimes a child can think a parent doesn't care. Sometimes a child can think that a parent is wrong. But when a child has a proper view of the way a parent views them, this is what they realize. My parent does understand. My parent does care. My parent 
does love me, and when they have the proper view of their, not just of their parents, but of the way their parents view them, this begins to happen in their hearts. They begin to trust their parents. They begin to learn from their parents. They can, it can even help their obedience, and they can even learn to appreciate why their parents did what they did. Now, this happened in my life. You know, I, I had this perception of my dad when I was a young man, even a teenager, to where I perceived his authority, but I didn't have this higher view of what he was trying to do and what he was trying to accomplish. But then when I was removed from that position of being in his home as a child, and then I could understand things from a different perspective, I began to appreciate why he did the things that he did. I began to have a greater understanding of what was going on. So as I talk to people today, I hear this sentiment expressed. Someone sent me this text yesterday, and someone from our church, and they said this, I'm talking to people of all, all different sides of things, and there is an increasing amount of fear. There's fear concerning the economy, there's fear concerning the coronavirus, there's fear concerning the unrest, the anarchy. People are afraid. And it's in times like this that we need to remember, be reminded of, not just have a right view of our Savior, but we need to remember how our Savior views us. We need, if I can say it this way, I wasn't able to do it when I was a kid, but when I got older, I was able to see me from my dad's perspective and appreciate more what he was doing and why he was doing it. Tonight, I believe the scripture doesn't just help us see our Savior, but it helps us to see how our Savior sees us. And that can be very, very helpful in times like this. Notice, first of all, how David describes him in verse number one. The Lord is a shepherd. Now, the word Lord is from the Hebrew word Yahweh, Jehovah, and it's this self-existent one or self-sufficient. Don't get tired of the definition of the great God's name, Jehovah. It is a reminder of how he is supreme and he is in need of nothing. He is infinitely above our ability to comprehend. And he does not depend in any way, shape, or form on anything for his existence, for who he is. He requires a contribution from no one in order to be God. He is God. He was God before anything was spoken into existence or formed. He was God before you had consciousness or anyone had consciousness of you. He will be, continue to be God after your life is through. He, he is who he is, and he is not dependent on anything outside of himself to be who he is, he is the almighty God. And so the idea of using that name, the Lord, is to help us understand from the outset of this very intimate passage that he is powerful and great and in need of nothing. Okay, so here's why that's significant. Whatever he does for us in the following verses is not done because he needs to do it. 
It's not done because he's being coerced. It's not done because he's being forced. It's not done because he's being manipulated. He is the Lord. He is above all. He is beyond our ability to comprehend, let alone to force to do anything. He certainly doesn't need us. So then whatever takes place in Psalm 23, it is not born out of a dependency upon us. It is born out of an infinite concern for us. The Lord And David describes him as a shepherd. Now, obviously, going back to 1 Samuel, David would know something about being a shepherd. He would have had many experiences, and we can see the Lord's, not just the inspiration and preservation of the Word of God in the Old Testament, but Jesus' approval of the use of this metaphor in describing him in the New Testament in places like John 10, where there's a very vivid description of Jesus as the good shepherd. And so we see here the infinite God is described as a shepherd. Now, shepherds weren't known as glamorous, as having a glamorous occupation. Okay, stay with me. It was a hard occupation. It was a dirty occupation. It was a time-consuming occupation. It was a hazardous occupation. It was an inconvenient occupation. It was a stinky occupation. And from the perspective of a shepherd, it could be a frustrating occupation because the dumb sheep had a tendency to wander. <laughs> I'm not talking about us yet. I'm just talking about the sheeps. <laughs> no, the sheeps. The sheep is. Stay with me. The sheep had a tendency to wonder. So it's not as though this is somehow, the, the occupation has this glamour about it where you say, wow, I just want to be a shepherd. No, it was known for all of the difficulty and arduousness and inconvenience and dirtiness and all of the challenges and dangers. And David even referenced those things when he talks about being with the flocks, when he talks about defending the flocks from a lion and from a bear and all of the hazards that would come. It's not as though being a shepherd is some kind of lofty, glorious thing. But, but here's what a shepherd is. A shepherd is, number one, he is with the sheep. I'm, I'm not going to take the time to go to these things, but I want you to make note of them. Philippians 2. It, he made himself, was made in the likeness of men, fashioned as a man, took upon himself the form of a servant. Look at verse number two through three of this chapter. He maketh me to lie down. He leadeth me beside. He restoreth my, he leadeth me. In order to lead, the implication is that he, the shepherd is with the ones that he is leading. Not only that, but the shepherd is attentive to the sheep. In Matthew 6, 8, Jesus talking about his care, the care of the heavenly father, said, my father knoweth, the father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask them. No, no, he knows that you're going to need it before you even know that you need it. And before you can even have the spiritual or cognitive awareness to actually consciously pray to God, he is already aware that you need it. And he is... Mm, it's not just that he knows that you need it. He is already in motion to meet that need oftentimes. Well, he is aware. I've heard it said about a shepherd that he would run his hands over the sheep. 
in ancient times, they would run their hands over the sheep for this reason. They wanted to check for injuries, check for wounds, check for something that might have cut them or might have broken them. And in the same way, Jesus, God is aware of the need of his people. Verse 4 through 5 Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. He is attentive to where you are. But not only that, a shepherd is protective of the sheep. In John 10, 27, he says this, and I'm, I'm not quoting it perfectly, but my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. The, the protection of God is not only physical protection. And we can't think that when God allows things that he's not protecting us. Because the protection of God is not a guarantee that nothing bad will ever happen physically. Because obviously that's not true. That's a false teaching. That's a false idea that continues to rant, ravage churches and individual believers. But this idea that he protects us is first and foremost a spiritual and eternal protection that does spill over into the physical, obviously. But eventually the ultimate goal is that we be with him forever and he takes care of us to get us to where he wants us to be. He is with the sheep, he is attentive to the sheep, and he is protective of the sheep. Look at verse number six. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is God as a shepherd. This is Jehovah. This is the Lord. But if you go back to the first phrase of verse number one, David doesn't only describe the Lord as the shepherd. He recognizes the Lord as his own personal shepherd. He uses this pronoun, and these personal pronouns Fill the 23rd Psalm. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. David recognizes that it's not as though God is, he's not just this eternal, great, all-powerful being. And it's not that he just generally cares and loves for people. Or in David's case, what he would have been thinking about would have been the nation of Israel and people that uh, God ministered to through the nation of Israel. It's not as though he just cares generally for people, but the Lord is my shepherd, meaning that he cares not just on a general national level or not just on a general church level, but he cares on an individual level. He, he, has, he, he is attentive to me as one of his own. And so he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And following are 10 interactions where he describes this personal connection with the Lord as his shepherd. In verse 2, he says this, he maketh me and he leadeth me. In verse number 3, he restoreth my, again, he leadeth me. In verse number 4, thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Verse number five, thou preparest the table before me, thou anointest my, my cup. Surely goodness in verse number six shall follow me. And then he, in each of those instances, he's, he's going back to the very first phrase, the very first description, that the Lord is my shepherd. He is attentive to me. Now, this is the thought tonight. And it's just an introductory thought. 
But the idea is this. David recognized that the sheep individually and collectively are at the center of the shepherd's view. Okay, you, you understand this practically from a man or woman with the occupation of a shepherd. They're not out there on vacation. They're not out there chilling out. They're not out there just having a good time or wasting time unless they're Joseph's brothers in Genesis 37. And then they were bums as shepherds. But otherwise, shepherds are out there with a purpose. And it is this purpose. It is to pay attention to the sheep. It is to be aware of them. It is to be with them. It is to lead them. It is to protect them. It is to take them to places of good pasture and calm water from which they drink. It is to guide them around danger. It is to bring them back when they begin to wander off. It is to be with them through those valleys that could be rocky and filled with predators that might destroy them. The valley of the shadow of death. It is to take care of them until they arrive at their destination. And so the shepherd, he has his view centered upon his sheep he is aware of them they are his priority David is saying this about himself I know this about God that he is focused upon me this is this is his view I don't just have this view of him as a shepherd but I see how he views me I am at the center of his attention. Okay. Now you know how this is. You you were supposed to be paying attention to what someone was doing. <laughs> Andrea will say something like this. Babe. There's different ways you say babe. Sometimes it's romantic, sometimes it's threatening. You discern. Babe. Can you watch him? What do you think I am? And the next thing you know, they're out in the street with a knife. I'm like, what you, babe, why don't, babe, why don't you train your child better? Come on. I thought you, you said you were paying attention to him. No, we can be distracted, can't we? You have those examples at work. You have those examples in school. No, young people, this isn't just for your parents. This isn't just for people who are going through great difficulties. This is for young people, young teenagers. You need to be getting these lessons, that you are at the center of his view. You know what it's like taking a test, and you, you know you, you should have known answers, but you just, you just misread it. And you weren't paying attention in class like you needed to. And somehow you missed it. And you didn't put the right thing. You, you know what it's like to be distracted and to not pay attention. Anybody that drives know what it's like to do the rubberneck thing. It's not like we haven't seen 8 million flashing lights before. Why is that one on that day got to command our attention when there's all of these opportunities to crash and cause injury to ourselves and others all around us? And yet here we are like... I've never seen one exactly like that before. We, we get distracted. Mm. As the shepherd, he is never distracted from you, from where you are, and from what you need, from what is going on, and from what is happening in your life. You know, I, 
as the text unfolds, we will, dis- we will learn about his view of us. But I just want to remind you that he is viewing you. You are at the center of the shepherd's view. I was on the roof with Andrea the other night. Actually, on Sunday night, um, we got home from the event, and since the roof was wet, I thought it would be fun to go climb on it. And so we, we open the window to our family room. This is how we get on the roof. We open the window to the family room, and then we crawl out, and we go up around the side, and then we navigate up to the top. And we just went up, and we had some stuff we were doing, but we just sat up on the peak of the roof and watched the sunset. It was, just, it was wonderful. And then, uh, you know, the, the Stooges are out in the front yard playing around the driveway. And, uh, and from when you're down on the ground, they can get around those vehicles and you, and you lose sight of them really quick. Because you have the truck and you have the Suburban. And then there's a tree over to the left of those things when you're looking from the house. And, and they have these things that they can get around and, and you can't see them. But as I was standing up all, closer to the edge of the roof, I could look down and I could see everything that was going on. So, stop it. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't go there. Jaron, don't go there. Jackson, be good. Yeah, I'm just kidding right now. <laughs> no, I, I, I had this view. I could see way down the street. I could see when a car was coming. And there was danger. I could see when one of them knocked their head on the rear view mirror or on the side view mirror. I could see when one of them fell and was hurting. I had the view of them. This is what we forget. They could see me, but they couldn't see my view of them. And this is the danger that as God's children, as the, shep- as the sheep that are the center of the shepherd's attention that we forget the view that he has on us. And that in times of hurt, in times of doubt, in times of anxiety or anger, we forget his view of us. And the danger is this, that we become bitter, that we disobey, that we get hasty, that we get frustrated, that we do something that we think in the moment, that is, that is, this is just going to make everything better, and yet we don't understand. He has a different view, and he can see much further down the road than we can, and we need to trust him. He sees farther. He knows better. He loves most. You are, you are at the center. You are at the center of the perfect shepherd with the perfect please get it, with the perfect view of your life. I, I, I'm just, I'm just going to read this. You aren't some peripheral object tonight. You know what? At times my children have been peripheral objects to me. I get the phone out. It's really important. Okay, you're not, yeah, that's the same way Andrea looks at me. (laughs) This is is earth-shattering, important, babe. You will not believe this trade that just happened. I'm not talking about the stock market. I'm talking about the NFL, for crying out loud. 
in my chest. Listen, I'm not bragging about this. I'm just talking about our weakness, my weakness. My children become peripheral. You know, and sometimes it can happen in serious ways. You don't ever become peripheral to God. Always. Because he's the perfect shepherd. You are at the center of his view. You aren't a side note to him. You aren't a tedious piece of baggage that he is forced to tend to. God loves you and values you. And you are at the center of his view. If, and I want to remind you of this, that if Jesus was willing to pay as much as he did to rescue you from sin, then he certainly will not cast you aside and ignore you through the difficulties and trials of your life. Oh. Now, here's the challenge. If he, is, if he has this perfect view of me, then Why? Come on, please get this. I'll remind you of this later, but please get this. We're almost done. Psalm 23 doesn't tell us why the shepherd leads where he leads and allows what he allows. It only tells us how he cares for us regardless of what is going on. The shepherd's view of you is perfect and when you don't understand and when you aren't hurting, it's, it's a danger that you can be like the stooges down in the driveway. You think you know what's going on, but your view, your view is blocked by these large things. And sometimes they're good things. Sometimes they're hard things. Sometimes they're exciting things. Sometimes they're painful things. But you can't see everything as clearly as you think you can. And you don't see all the dangers that you think you perceive. And you need to remember in those times of frustration or anger or sorrow, or grief or great joy you need to be re- you need to remember that you are you are viewed by the perfect shepherd and he has the right view of your life and so you need to trust him and obey him i know it's i know it's simple it's an overview thought tonight as we get into this chapter have the right view of the one who views you of how he views you. You are the center of his view. And he is going to take care of you. Psalm 23 is not about, not about dying. It's about God taking care of us. Because of the view he has of us as his sheep. Let's all stand together. We can go through things and we think the Lord, the Lord is not paying attention. We can hurt and we can think, man, God is unconcerned. We can be wounded and we can be in great grief and think, this, I, I don't understand why. And again, I'll, I believe this from the text. Psalm 23 does not tell us why he leads where he leads and why he makes us lie down where he makes us lie down and how, why he leads us through the valleys that he leads us through. It doesn't give us every answer to every situation. 
but it gives us this certainty that his view of me is perfect. His view of me is one of great affection and love, and he sees best and he knows best. He sees farther. He knows better, and he loves the most. And tonight, you might need to be reminded that, man, I just need to remember that the Lord has his eye on me. And he is going to take care of me. It doesn't, it doesn't mean I don't respond. It doesn't mean I don't take certain action. But I need to trust him. And I need to rejoice in him. And I need to be encouraged knowing that he is. So as Brother Nate begins to sing, if you need to spend some time in prayer, you have opportunity to do that now. you can direct your attention this way. Thanks, Brother Nate. It sure is good to be with you tonight. And for everyone that's watching through the live stream, thank you so much for being a part of the services.